1: Welcome to today's podcast. Our theme for this year's Lent is My Story, helping us all to become more more aware of the ways our personal faith stories intersect with God's story and scripture. Throughout the season, we are introducing you to members of our church family and asking them to tell us a little bit about their stories. If you watched our online Christmas Eve service, you may remember uh, a beautiful song and dance in that service. Well, that dancer, her name is Summer Spencer and she's here with us today. My name is Pastor Emily Sterling-Strongman. I'm the Executive Pastor at First United Methodist Church of Orlando. And I'm pleased to introduce you to Summer. And I'm looking forward to this conversation and to um, hearing your story, Summer. So thank you for being with us today.
2: Thank so you, first family. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the first question is just tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got uh, connected with First Church.
2: Well, I'm originally born and raised um, in Jamaica, in the Caribbean. Yes. Um, I came over to the States when I was 25 years old to do my master's in architecture. Um, and then I went back down briefly. Uh, between 2011 to 2013 and then it came back and I'm and, now and permanently living here in the States. Um, as I said, I was studying architecture, so hey, I'm an architect <laughs> um, by profession. Um, I specialize in um, small aviation facilities and everything associated with that. So it goes from like customs to TSA facilities to small FBOs, um, aircraft rescue and firefighting stations. So um, do projects all over the globe, <laughs> um, but I'm definitely based here, especially since I have a four-year-old, a very, sorry, I'm sorry, she just turned five, <laughs> a five-year-old, very energetic, um, so pretty much my boss does all the traveling, and I'm pretty much the home-based person, that get everything done, uh, production-wise, um, what else is there with me, um, basically, I like to stay busy, um, I have Catalaya involved in a whole slew of um, extracurricular activities that um, keeps me busy. Um, I also sit on the board for Wesley with the church, um, um, which I enjoy wholeheartedly um, to give that type of service. Um, I dance, as Mm -hmm. you see in the church service. (laughs) Um, um, I like creative things. I always like to be on the move. Yeah, so that's pretty much me in a nutshell.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I I knew before the interview that you were an architect, but as you were, you know, just talking about it, just really kind of can see, you know, architecture, even though it's, you know, very specific. And I mean, like, you gotta be, you know, very, um, I guess, accurate and, you know, in all of your plans and in all of your designs and things like that, but it is an art form. Yes. And that art form, you know, can also reveals itself in your dance and yeah. um, in other creative ways. So that's really um, cool.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, my I come from a very creative family. My mom, she, she does artwork. Um, mm-hmm. She does a lot of paintings and stuff. Um, she tried doing it as a little kid. Um, but in Jamaica, that wasn't really a field that was celebrated. So she kind of put it on the back burner. So while we were in school and you know we got interested in art and all that kind of stuff she'd be like jumping in with us I'm like hey I know how to do this let me show you this I'm you that so I grew up in a very artistic household and I always um funny enough I never saw myself sitting behind a a nine-to-five um job kind of thing I always wanted to be out and about and um I thought art was a means to do that so I started to explore careers um, in art and my dad, he kind of was more into the construction side of thing. He used to like work with um, contractors and stuff. He's like, hey, you should check out architecture. And so mm-hmm. in high school, I um, went and met with different architects. <laughs> I, I can't forget. There was one phrase that stuck out to me, one of the architects that I um, interviewed. And he was like, so architecture can be a very rewarding field. But if you are looking to be rich, this is not the profession for you. <laughs> And I was still there like, hmm? <laughs> okay. But um he was right though. I mean, there's there's so much, so many disciplines that um architecture pulls from. Mm-hmm. Um, there's abstraction because you can take something and abstract it and form it into a building. Um, there's the technical aspect of it, you know, there's a, the codes, the life safety. There's so many things that come into architecture. And another statement that always rings true for me. Um, when it comes to that, it's like architecture kind of sets the environment, sets the tones for the occupants of the building, um, and so that's something that rings true in everything that I design. Is that I have to create a sense of place, so that when the person walks into the space, they they immediately evokes some kind of emotion, and also kind of grounds them to to what this building can do for them, kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Oh wow, that's. I mean, I'm just thinking about like, I mean, first churches church building, but also like other church buildings that I visited. And I mean, some of them are just stunning. And I yes. mean, in various like architecture styles, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, built over, you know, hundreds of years. Um, but oh, yeah. they have this place of like, you know, grounding you, but also like, I don't know, surrounding you with like grandeur, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, here I am now, but I'm also like looking up to God or I'm like filled yeah. with something that's beyond me.
2: Yes, definitely. And even in, in um high school, we used to have or um carol service or Christmas carol service, <clears throat> excuse me, at uh the Kingston Parish Church, which is in downtown Kingston. And the acoustics in that church, yeah, is something that even today I remember. Like every time I was on the choir and we're singing, it was like this I'm I'm gonna mispronounce this word, ethereal. <laughs> yeah yeah because it was just like bouncing off the walls and it just kind of swell in the space Mm -hmm. and you know it's how they placed all of these elements that caused that echoing effect and you know it was just like majestic kind Mm -hmm. of feeling inside that space and it's always like it was never Christmas until we had that carol service in that specific church you know
1: (laughs) wow that's amazing yeah that's amazing Well, since we've kind of segued into talking about churches and uh, spiritual uh, moments, Uh uh, I was curious, uh, how and when did your spiritual journey begin?
2: So um, we were also a very religious family. Like My mom was heavily into the church. We used to go to um, Webster. Well, she still goes to Webster Memorial Church. Mm-hmm. um back then it was a Presbyterian church and we used to go like she made it every Sunday we had to be there mm. um as kids and I remember like going there and be like oh this is so boring <laughs> because it was Presbyterian where it had the long drawn-out songs and you we were sitting there and she was like Can you need to go to Sunday school and I started going Sunday school on a regular basis but then I don't know what happened but we ended up not going that regular so we'd be sitting in the front and I'm just like oh my god <laughs> and so <laughs> so oh, I'm sorry <laughs> you soon hear a little voice come peeping around <laughs> but um yeah so she um so there was a little break I had one time but even in, in during that break um I still had a connection um with God and everything but it wasn't until I got laid off um in 2011 i was living in tampa that time it was when the recession was going on i went around like the fourth cycle of layoffs and i was here on a work visa so i had 30 days to pack up everything and leave the country and so i had to sell everything um whatever i couldn't sell I ship ship. (laughs) sorry um, yeah, whatever, I couldn't ship, uh, whatever, I couldn't sell a, a um home and, you know, I made plans to go back home. And it was probably one of uh, the lowest times in my life because, um, you know, you, you kind of establish a sense of independence mm-hmm. and it kind of got ripped away from me. I was back home living with my mom. Nobody was hiring. Um, so I was unemployed. And so I, I um, started going back to church with her um to Webster I and mean, I, I won't forget Reverend Asta Carlisle. He's the he's the reverend down at Webster. Very grounds, very earthy, uh-huh. um, very real. Um, you know, and I just something just connected me with him kind of thing. And um I, I started singing for the worship team there. Um, and then I decided, you know, I've always wanted to do confirmation classes. So I started to do confirmation classes down there. And it really helped me kind of come out of the funk, I'll call it, (laughs) that I was in. Um, And it kind of made me not think about me, but kind of think about the other purposes, uh, other things of the reasons why I'm here um, in, in this time in my life. And, you know, amazing things happened just when I started to focus focus outside of myself yeah um you know through church I was able to connect with um, other engineers that connected me to other businesses and you know it, it's kind of one of those things where I don't know it's it's it, I started to do daily devotions I started to um I, I did my baptism mm-hmm. um, even though they said I didn't have to do it because I had done um the christening when i was younger they're like oh you don't have to do it because you already did christening and i'm like no i i personally wanted to to do it again you know like a reconfirmation of my beliefs my you know this renewal mm-hmm. um i wanted to experience it again so i went and i did my baptism <clears throat> and even though i still think i i still have a long ways to go to really to really get to that real spiritual level. Uh, I know there are things that are grounded in me that I do every single day that I never yet forget that he's there with me. And it has shaped the person that I am today, it shapes my personality, how I how I perceive things when things are thrown at me, how I react to things. Um, it's a whole life-changing thing. So, mm. Yeah. That's
1: amazing. I mean, as you were talking about like how going back to church um, during that low point in your life, like it Mm -hmm. it gave you a sense of grounding (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like kind of helped you re, I guess, like discover who you are, Mm -hmm. but that also like opened you up to the greater possibilities Mm -hmm. of God and what God can do and how God is at work in the world. That's amazing.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I know one of the things that even today I still live by is that God will never give you more than you can handle. Mm. And that one statement alone has gotten me through so, much, so many trials, so many things that you think, you know, would have knocked you down. But, you know, I keep telling Catalina too, it's not how you fall, it's how you rise back up mm. kind of thing. So um, that one statement is something that I hold very dear. So, <laughs> Well,
1: I guess now, um, thinking about you know your life back here in the states, mm-hmm. and uh, you're a mom and and an architect, and so you're busy. So I just wonder, like, what like spiritual practices do you do um, that help you feel close to God? Um, yeah. What so
2: else? I know I'm deficient on my devotionals. I will say that. <laughs> But um I would ever say anybody was deficient in emotionals, but <laughs> well, you know, I was I was very stickless, especially during confirmation and stuff, to set aside time in the morning. Um, I did my daily bread, I did all of that kind of stuff. And um it was so it was such a good feeling every single time I did that. It's just now I'm like yeah. so it doesn't happen at a, a set time. I think what it is, it's I call it the quiet times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, you know, I have my cross around my neck that I wear every single day. Um, it's those times when I just reach for it and say a quick prayer, like, okay, I just need a little bit of peace, Lord, or Mm. something. It's just those little pauses, um, that I think is when I connect back to God. Um, it's one of those things where you just take a breath before you answer and say, make sure I'm saying wise things, make sure you know, um, the words are positive things or helping this person that is in a troubling time right now, because that's what, that's one thing, you know, our office is going through a transition right now, um, in addition to the COVID drama, but, <laughs> but, you know, um, there is, there is a, a bit of turmoil in, in the leadership that's being, that's being offered. I'm just going to be honest about it. And, um, you know, sometimes I'm walking through the office and I'll see someone there and they look very perturbed or disturbed and I'll, you know, I'll just stop and I'm just like, hey, is everything okay? And, you know, when they offload their, their issues, you are like, okay, Lord, please let me give them some kind of comfort. Help me give them some kind of guidance um, or just be a listening ear if that's what they need today. Um, so it's those kind of moments that I think um, I am closest to God. How I you know, connect with God. Um, it's not perfect. I know but <laughs> No, but I mean,
1: like nothing is perfect except God. And, and so, you know, we're all like these imperfect human beings trying to figure out, you know, how do we connect with God? What's the next step? What's the next right, right. thing we can do? And I think that's a beautiful, um, a beautiful thing. I feel like you know pausing, breathing, you know, all throughout the day. Like it keeps you like, it's not just one set time of the day that you're connected to God. Right. But it's like this ongoing like connection just, yeah. <laughs> and, and flow oh, yeah. your life. Yeah. Well, um let's see one maybe let's ask one last question. Um what do you I mean when you um are thinking about your own life mm-hmm. and your daughter's life and uh, what do you hope for?
2: Oh, uh, so hopes, hopes, the priority number one, I, I'm hoping Catalea, um, stays healthy. I'm hoping I pray every day that, you know, I am guiding her. I am able to provide for her. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, doing the best I can, um, for her. Um, I continually pray that, you know, <clears throat> You know, I you know I'm a single mom, and so when I when I got pregnant with her, one of the things that disturbed me a lot is that she wouldn't have a complete family. You know, the the family in my head that I think she deserved. And one of the things when she was born that hit me is I'm enough. You know, um, and so there I do put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm compensating what I think is a deficiency in, in her family life. Um, I, I always want to be there. I don't even have a babysitter. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't want to lose any moment. I feel like I'm already losing enough moments um, being at work. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm very involved in everything that she does. Um, and so I, every day I pray that, you know, one, I'm still enough and two that, I, I, I am giving her the structure that she needs to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I pray, because in all of this, sometimes you forget yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I pray just for peace, mm-hmm. inner peace for, for myself um, to be at a level of calm that I'm not always exploding because that's not a good environment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) um, And I pray for, for my happiness as well in whatever that turns out to be, you know? So sometimes you look for happiness in the wrong places, you know, sometimes you're like, Oh, I really want a significant other, for instance. And when it doesn't happen, you get disappointed. Um, But happiness is sometimes not that sometimes happiness is, is the moment that, you know, right before we, um, and I go to bed, I get a hug, or when I go to pick her up, her face just lights up and be like, mommy, you know, I mean, that to me, that's more rewarding than anything else. Mm. Um, so those are the things I pray for. Oh,
1: that's beautiful, Summer. Thank you, so Thank you so much for, uh, telling us, you know, a little bit of your story. I know it's just like a fraction, I know. Story, um, in this time frame, but, um, just your, your, um, even I would just say like the way, not just, I mean, your accent is amazing. Um, but <laughs> So just like the way that you kind of put together your thoughts and your ideas, like I can see like the architect, like I can see someone who's kind of like, you know, focused and specific, but also artistic. And, um, mm-hmm. there's also, there's like a poetry to your words. So Aww. thank you for for sharing with us today. And, um, I will be praying for you and for Catalea and, um, praying that, um, yeah, that you guys can both have peace and um, and fulfillment um, in life. For those of you that are listening, uh, I know that you, um, well, I hope you enjoyed hearing Summer's story. I know you did. Um, We will keep listening to more great stories from our friends at First Church. So we hope you tune in um, and and get to know somebody else in our First Church community um, and hear how their stories, perhaps you're hearing, oh, me too. I can connect with this person's story. Um, And then also when we're back together in person, uh, when we see names and faces, we can maybe put them together and be like, oh, I listened to you on the podcast. So that's our hope um, that will also help us reconnect to each other um, as we're learning how to come back together in person. Thanks for being with us today. I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care.
0: We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future.